Welcome, everybody, to Suck It! I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck is everybody doing tonight on this amazing December 10th of the horrible year that has been 2020? Woo! We are less than 24 hours away from the charity concert tomorrow night to support Toys for Tots. And I'm lucky as shit to be joined by one of the bands that is actually performing on this concert tomorrow night. Uh, I am so stoked for this show. 13, no, excuse me, 14 bands and singers, 12 comedians, and just special guest after special guest after special guest. It's going to be a six hours minimum stream. Starts at six o'clock tomorrow night. Um, or if you're listening on the way to work tonight, um, 6 p.m. December 11th. It's going to be fantastic on the east. 3 p.m. on the west. So many good acts. You know, major headlining comedians such as Eugenia Kuzmina and Sally Mullins and Jessica Winther. You know, and then bands such as Kulik and um, Black Suit Youth and Stolen Wheelchairs. And my guests tonight... They are a band out of Tennessee. They have just recorded a um, new covers EP that will drop in February. And has and their first single off the record will be dropping on December 18th. And it's called The Artist in the Ambulance, originally performed by Thrice. And again, that's going to be released next Friday, the 18th. So without any further ado, let's just get right fucking to it. Please welcome Jake and Chris. From the band, Rough Dreams. How's it going? What's hey, going hey. on, guys? How are you? Pretty good. Just hanging out. Hey, um, first, before jump going great. You know, things are, <laughs> they couldn't be better. But you know what? Before I get into everything else, I just want to go ahead and say thank you very much for your performance that you guys submitted for tomorrow night's show. And I watched the first minute of it, two minutes of it, just to kind of make sure everything sounded good, everything like that. And someone had said, who the fuck invites a punk band to a Toys for Tots concert? <laughs> that was Chris. <laughs> what did you say? I got something to say. I gave you a, your baby a toy today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I just spout off sometimes if I get behind a microphone. And, and then I was like, it's, it's actually cool. Like, I mean, it's, you turn punk rock into something, you know, yeah. um, productive. <laughs> but still, like, it's, I, I was like, do we need to watch ourselves like what nope. we say? Well, so here's here's how I'm here's how I'm presenting it to the world tomorrow and I have been saying it for the for a while. The comedians and the bands that I invited onto the show are in no which way shape or form fit for youth consumption. But just because it is a show to support children does not mean it's a show that is made for children. It is made for adults who have money who can donate to support children. That is who this is for. 
that's a good point. There's not a lot of, yeah. it's not tots for tots, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, this is for mommy and daddies who, Any you know, who, who enjoy some good music and good comedy and then, you know, can donate to, to support Toys for Tots. So I'm not afraid, you know, of what's going to drop tomorrow. I mean, one of the uh, comedians that I have on the show who I just mentioned, Sally Mullins, um, she actually works in porn as well. So she's a comedian and a porn actress. So, you know, she has no filter as well. So I, there's no way I could have <laughs> invited her and told her, hey, please work clean. I can't do that shit. Hell no. <laughs> well, no, I'm a comedian wrong. too. I can't work clean. So I couldn't expect anybody <laughs> else to do the same thing. <laughs> I believe that. No, nah, I mean, in all reality, it's just going to be a fun time. Just mean it's to support the kids. I mean, I, oh yeah. I mean, I've seen countless ads in my area here in Virginia, you know, about you know the DC, you know, Toys for Tots is you know really short this year, and you know, all, I know for a fact that because unemployment numbers are so high, you know, I don't want any kid to go without you know on Christmas morning. You know what I'm saying? Just one toy or anything else. I mean, it, it's there's so I figured you know what, with all the bands and all the comedians I've talked to this year, it should it was a no brainer. And within 48 hours, it all came together. And then, you know, as just as somebody backed out because of some issues that they had, I got an email from Mike with you guys. And I was like, holy shit, that's perfect. It worked out so well. So I had somebody drop out, and then you guys immediately filled that slot. No big deal. And I was like, this is perfect. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, because it's going to be so fucking badass tomorrow. It was, it was fun to do. So we enjoyed it. So thanks for having us. Hey, no problem, man. I cannot wait to show it to the world. My uh, OBS is massively filled with tons of shit as of this moment because I spent all day uploading everything into my uh, my system here, so I can <laughs> just broadcast without a problem tomorrow. But it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm really excited. Cool. So let's talk about you guys. How's things been going this year? I mean, you know, we were just talking about COVID, you know, beforehand and how shitty it's been for, you know, schools, but, you know, aside from schools and everything else, I mean, it's hit, you know, the entertainment industry the hardest. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, schools are still able to, to function. Um, restaurants kind of still are open in and out, but as far as entertainment goes, it's hit the world the hardest. I mean, no Broadway plays, no, you know, ballets, no fucking music, no concerts, no stand-up comedy. The movie theaters. And movie theaters. I mean, it's, the whole nine yards, it's taken the biggest hit. So how have you guys kind of coped with that this year? Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> it's the longest I personally have gone without performing, I mean, since I was a teenager. So that's been pretty bad, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, just try to keep yourself busy. You know, yeah, I, we were lucky because this was like we had a lot of recording to do anyway. So like during the first, you know, like real lockdown and everything, you know, we were recording. But it was I mean, I've never recorded like this before. I'm sure Jake would say the same. It's it was uh, two of us in the studio at a time, masked up the whole time. You know, everything sprayed down and sanitized. And it was, you know, it kept us busy. It was trip after trip you know, going to do this, you know, which was uh, three and a half hours away or whatever. But, you know, that's where our uh, label and studio are. And it's it, it kept us busy for a while and then promoting everything. That was most everything of the ready. summer. Yeah, it was most summer. of the summer. Like it and it really it kind of filled the void for us, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, because if we had no shows and and nothing really to, to work toward, it would have been miserable. Yeah. But the, the whole thing is, you know, 
it's like the, the, the rules about this whole thing has been like, go to work, but don't go out after, you know? And like that whole thing, it's just, it's incredibly frustrating without music and without an outlet and, a, and, and art and, and creativity, it makes things even more bleak. You know, you see the signs everywhere you go that tell you what to do and what to, you know, like stay six feet apart and all that. And it's like, are we working? We're seeing all this. It's like a dystopia, you know, there's no release. And so I really hope when it's over and, and everything comes back that, it comes back with a vengeance and people are just ready for, you know, live music again. But, you know, yeah. Maybe we'll We've see been a renaissance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are ready for live music again. I mean, if you um, have paid attention to the other artists, you know, the, on the major labels, they're announcing tours for Europe, but they're not announcing tours for here. Um, the only thing that's been announced so far for next year, as far as I'm aware is aftershock in California. But other than Aftershock, I know, you know, Danny Wimmer Presents hasn't announced anything for, you know, Sonic Temple or the old Rock on the Range or Rocklahoma or Open Air, Houston or freaking, you know, Detroit or anything else like that. So, I mean, it's like it's there's a glimmer of hope because of Aftershock, but that's in October of next year. But at the same time, is anything else going to happen before then? Because right around now is when we're starting to hear about, you know, the world's loudest month of May as far as the festivals go. And it's silent. But yet I'm seeing all these fucking yeah. tours for Europe, you know, being announced. And it's like, what are they doing differently that we're not? Why are they able to get their shit open? And why are we still sitting here fucking, you know, floundering, wondering when we can at least go get a fucking beer at a goddamn bar? Well, <laughs> you just have every town and state and everything is doing something completely different. Yep. So it's like you don't even in, in the nose things change weekly like here and here in knoxville they'll be like okay bars are open restaurants are open uh next week it'll be like oh bars gotta close at 11 and then the week after that it's oh we're closing them at 10 now and it's just like it's impossible to even know <laughs> what's going on like yeah. anywhere like he lives chris lives 45 minutes from me and his town's completely different than knoxville <laughs> yes yeah, oh yeah my yeah. yeah, see, here in Virginia, everything's kind of like, whatever our governor says, everyone's doing. There's no been like, you know, no county or city changes, thankfully. I mean, we had a, a, just had a change about three weeks ago to uh, no mass groupings of 25 or more. Um, and then today he announced nothing more of 10 or more, so now restaurants are going to be affected again. Um, and then, like, no alcohol after 10 o'clock. And it's a stay-at-home order between 12 and 5 unless you're, you know, considered a, you know, a major, you know, need. So 12 and 5 a.m., we're supposed to – it's a stay-at-home order. So next is going to be even worse. It's I, – okay. I, I, I know that there's probably some logic behind the 12 and 5 a.m., but it seems like that's when you're least likely to run into other people. <laughs> like, no. There's no logic. Man. There's no logic at all. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I read that no, today. I was like, whoa. At, yeah, it's the the town where I live. Like Jake said, it's forty five minutes from Knoxville, but like around here the whole time. I mean, it's basically you know, I I go to the gas station, have my mask on, and I'm the weirdo, you know, and that's <laughs> kind of way that a lot a lot of people around here think. So when you ask what's Europe doing differently, I'm like, well, they're, they're probably, probably all wearing not their masks the way that my town's doing it, and we're we're crushed. We're literally just getting crushed with COVID. I mean, I had it, and I've been so careful, you know, but being surrounded well, you by are a school time. teacher <laughs> yeah you that's are a school true teacher of course you caught it <laughs> yeah it 
it sucked. It really sucks. So no, I mean it yeah. does. I mean, you know, like I was telling you before, my wife or my soon-to-be ex-wife is a teacher as well, and uh, you know they just closed down the schools here again, uh, effective next Tuesday. They're no no more hybrid. Um, so Friday would be their last day of hybrid, and then uh, Monday they don't go to school anyway because it was their planning day, um, and then so they're going back. You know, distance learning. You know. They, and besides, we've only done a little bit of distance learning. I mean, excuse me, a little bit of hybrid anyway. Like, they, we opened up K through 2, you know, back in, like, September. And then, um, or October, excuse me, October. And then just this month, they opened up 3 through 5. And they've only been at school for two weeks before now this is happening. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, my... My oldest daughter, excuse me, my youngest daughter, she's 10 and she's in fifth grade. And we chose her to do, you know, distance the whole year anyway. So it hasn't affected her. But, you know, those kids now are being bounced back and forth and don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. And it sucks. It really does. Oh, no, I absolutely can agree with that. Like, it's, we've, I mean, we started in August, you know, uh, K through 12 started in August. Some of the kids went uh, to virtual or whatever, but it's, it's shocking. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much I can really share, but I can say that, like, in our county, our cafeteria workers are cooking for more than one school because some of them are gone. Like, we don't have special area classes anymore because those special area teachers are needed to fill in for teachers that are out or quarantined. It's insane. It's just, it's insane. And every day there's more and more, you know? that that's horrible i mean that really sucks i mean i i just want to find a sense of normalcy i mean yeah i mean it it just it sucks all the way around i mean you know going back to the you know the entertainment stuff i mean there's nothing we can really you know talk about the school stuff any further but you know last year you know just for people's own mental health you know what i'm saying you know being able to do shit you know last year i went to 10 concerts you know and this year i've been to none and you know and that's my outlet. I mean, as somebody who's bipolar and, you know, has severe anxiety and all this other stuff, that's my outlet. You know what I'm saying? I come down here every day, and I was just talking to Jake before the show a little bit. You know, I'm always on down here early in my studio because I'm listening to music and I'm, you know, you know, venting down. I'm getting, you know, getting ready for the show and just, you know, getting my mind right. But, you know what, I want to go see Ice Nine Kills perform. I want to go see, you know, Falling in Reverse. I want to go see all these bands that I've missed over the last year, you know, the last show I went to was Slipknot last year, um, with, um, Volbeat. And, um, that was the last one. That was in September. That was labor the day before labor day. So I haven't, it's been over a year since I've been to a concert and it sucks. It just really does. Cause I, I need that outlet. I'm stuck at home all day. This is my job. This is the only job I have. So if I didn't have, you know, being able to talk to you guys on a nightly basis, you know, or other, you know, bands, I would lose my shit. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I mean, it's, it's, it's so mentally taxing to know that, you know, I'm trying to make a game out of it when I go out, you know, I'll, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I just want to get out and come back. I I mean, it's, it's stupid. It's, this whole thing is fucking stupid. I just, I wish. Yeah, (laughs) agreed. Because, because I feel, you know, yeah, because we're (laughs) supposed to be the, the strongest country in the goddamn world, and yet we're looking like a bunch of fucking you know third world assholes, you know, throughout this whole entire thing. And it really, it just really sucks because people are more worried about 
themselves than they are other people. You can't make me wear a mask because, you know, I'm not, I don't care if I get it. Well, what if you give it to some, if you don't get it, or if you get it and you have no symptoms, what if you give it to your grandma and she dies? How are you going to feel about that? Well, that's my right, that's my personal choice. Okay, well then let's talk about abortion then. Oh, no, we can't talk about that. So it, it's so contradictory, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 uh, I, I hate, I hate this whole shit. It's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be so bad if you could just get on stage and yell about it. Exactly. <laughs> That's like the one thing, you know, like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to them. I haven't done, because um, through this whole pandemic, I've done a bunch of Zoom shows as far as comedy goes. And, and they're fun, they're exciting, and they're different. But I haven't done one in like a month and a half, two months. So tomorrow I'm, I'm doing a set, you know, as well, because... Um, all the other comedians were like, well, if, I, if you want me to do it, you got to do it too. I'm like, okay, cool. So I, you know, I'm looking forward to doing a set tomorrow. It's like, finally, I get to, you know. I, now, granted, I do jokes and I fuck around on here all the time, but there's nothing like being able to go up there and do some stand-up comedy. So I'm like, I'm so ready for tomorrow. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because of the, you know, the event itself, but, you know, selfishly, I'm just excited to perform a set. Yeah. No, I don't think that's selfish. That's, you know, it's, it's more... <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a necessity. Just, yeah, yeah, it really is. It's yeah, true. Yeah. It really is. I mean, so, you know, you guys, um, so did you guys have the idea for the, um, the covers EP prior to COVID? That, that was actually Peter from our labels idea. Okay. Uh, Cause we were, we had written, we'd finished writing the album. Okay. So basically we played the last show that we played, uh, March 3rd was actually my birthday. We played that show and then everything locked down like two weeks later. Yep. And like the day before lockdown, we were we did we were finishing up demoing in Chris's basement, demoing the album. And yeah. the next day they're like, you can't leave your home. And so when they opened back up, we were set to go record the new full length and our label was like, hey, uh, why don't you, why don't we record covers EP at the same time so when everything's done you can release the covers EP as kind of like a a buffer you know to put something put some new content out there as opposed to releasing this album that we just busted our ass writing releasing it in a year that we can't go out and tour off of it and the covers I the covers EP was just an idea to extend the time period you know uh, between putting out the full length album. So it's kind of just like, yeah, we just went in and recorded it, recorded the covers with the album at the same time, just to have more yeah. stuff to release. And, and we started off with, you know, we ended up with just uh, five songs for the actual EP, but the initial idea was, I mean, just do a whole, you know, album's worth. And, I think we and learned like so 12 or got, 13 songs. Yeah, like we got 12 some or 13 stuff songs originally. Arsenal, like, nobody's ever heard us play and it's not ever going to be recorded, but we can break it out at a moment's notice. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of cool because it, it, you know, that was another thing to work on, you know, learn these covers. Like some of them, I will say like, were not easy. Like it took some time to sit down and, and actually learn like all the guitar stuff and all that, especially songs I wasn't like familiar with. Like, honestly, the artist in the ambulance, like this song, took me so long i was watching youtube videos and going down to like half speed watching the the guitar work and everything and it was just like something to focus on and something to care about was just kind of like was great because there's some you know days there where it's just like 
there's nothing going on. It's just miserable. What am I doing? You know, everything's shut down. Well, work on this. It, it's something that you see the progress and it's, it's a uplifting thing, you know? So you took the hard way out. You didn't go and Google some taps for that song. You just went ahead and watched videos of it. I, I, I admire that because that's how I learned how to play guitar. Back in the 90s, hey. when I learned how to play guitar, I learned to play listening off of Pearl Jam 10. Um, that was how oh, I, yeah. you know, just, just listening to, you know, Jeremy and, you know, even flow over and over and over again until I finally got it right and I figured it out. But it took me that, over a year to do that. So, oh yeah, that's not easy stuff to learn. Like those, like Pearl Jam is not, <laughs> it's not the Ramones. I mean, I love the Ramones <laughs> so much, but like learning Pearl Jam songs is hard. Like I, 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 I started off with, uh, honestly, like, uh, when I was in high school, it's, Okay, this is weird because it's almost like a quarantine back then. I got mono, but I got this really bad case of mono when I was a freshman in high school. And my spleen apparently like was going to rupture if I had moved too much. So I couldn't go to school. So I was at home and I had a, my first guitar and Screeching Weasel's Boogada 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 album and just sat there. And that's how I learned to really play guitar and learn songs was listening to that day after day with nothing else to do. Yeah. So if anything, uh, I guess uh, this is like, quarantine has like reminded me of you know my roots <laughs> I don't know. yeah i mean uh uh ben from breaking benjamin that's how he learned how to play guitar as well um but he was he did it off of uh, nirvana um which i think oh, is yeah. pretty cool yeah so i mean a lot of people learn that way but luckily for me i did have some music theory because I, I played uh clarinet and you know in the band when i was in a uh, elementary school and middle school so i had some music theory and it was easy to you know, trans, you know, transition. So I had a little bit of an easier time, but it was still a fucking bitch, but I'm, I'm, I love it. I still play it today, but I wish I miss, you know, that I miss the crowd, you know, the crowd being, you know, I'm definitely <laughs> the crowd of a, of a comedy show is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but you know, that first chord, you know, the lights go out and then you guys walk up on stage and they can, you know, see the, just to see the shadow or if they're you're behind a curtain, they see the shadows or whatever. And all of a sudden, that first fucking chord just, and then that eruption just is unparalleled. Um, I was also a professional wrestler for 12 years. And, you know, once I started to get my name, I really started to have that, that same feeling from performing in front of 15,000 people, you know, as a musician to coming and doing that. I started to get that same feeling. And there is just a rush that, again, you, you can't even explain. I mean, it's like, an orgasm like exemplified to the fifth power. I mean, it's it's just something that's <laughs> unparalleled. It's ridiculous. Back to the pro wrestling. Is that where the second podcast came from? Actually, no. I got two words for you. To be totally no. honest with you, no. Um, so here's where <laughs> here's where suck it comes from. So, like I was telling you before, I'm bipolar and I have anxiety, and um, I also suffer from PTSD. And um, growing up in the '90s as a dude. You know, we were always told you weren't allowed to have depression. You weren't allowed to be depressed. And it's for girls. Don't worry about that. So just suck it up and move on. So my response to them has always been, well, suck it. You don't know what I'm going through. So don't tell me to suck it up. So my response to them has always been that. So this show is a place for anyone who ever tells you to suck it up in life. Come here and tell them to suck it. And get behind that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suck it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, a lot of people actually do ask me that. Um, but no, it's, it has nothing to do with that at all. However, That's you know, funny. that would be funny, though. But no, 
I, I would I would lie to Shawn Michaels to have him come on. Like, yeah, I named my show after you. <laughs> the showstopper. Exactly. Mr. WrestleMania. Um, but no, I mean, uh, but yeah, I did that for 12 years. But again, that, you know, that feeling, you know, being able to have that crowd control. And as soon as they hear your music, they just fucking erupt. But I mean, like I said, the only thing that's ever felt better than that was that time I was at House of Blues and we were opening up for um, Fuel. And it was just... And sick and insane. I mean, just that echo at the House of Blues in Orlando. Just, oh, I'll, I never That's felt awesome. anything like that. Never, ever. And I'll probably never will again. But damn it, it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah that, that's that a, would be a good feeling for sure. Yeah, I was for only sure. like, I was how old was I? Twenty? Nineteen? Twenty? Yeah, something like that. Nineteen. I think I was nineteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. You know, but what I like about what you guys just said, too, is the fact that you guys are releasing that buffer, um, you know, the covers EP, which I really, really like, um, because one of the things that I've been saying to a lot of these indie bands this year, um, even the ones that are you know signed to indie labels, is the fact that a lot of the major label bands aren't are have that same thought of why are we going to release this new album right now when we can't support it. However, a lot of the indie bands are still releasing music or they're doing what you're doing and releasing that buffer, whether it be a live album or just a covers EP or just them sitting down and doing an acoustic, you know, three song acoustic EP of, of covers of their own songs. Um, and I like that because next year when Avenged Sevenfold maybe drops their new album after, you know, it's been three years since they released the stage, you know, people are gonna be like, well, where were you last year when we needed you the most, you know? And, Indie bands aren't thinking like that. They're still releasing stuff and doing other stuff. And they're, you know, and they're leveling the playing field with the major artists. And they're, you guys are standing out because on a Friday or a Tuesday, you guys don't have to worry about competing with the major bands releasing a single or releasing an album or an EP. You guys are just out there competing with other indie bands who everybody supports everybody. And it's fucking phenomenal. And I'm just loving what the indie scene has done this year. It, it's really been awesome. I have discovered so much good music because of the indie bands, you know, being out there out in front of everything and the major labels artists not doing anything. You know, I know Taylor Swift released an album this year and a couple others did, but it, it's not the same. It's not the same, you know, as what it used to yeah. be. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, it is, it's a good time to, to do as much as you can because, yeah. you know, I look back like in 2019, I had, you know, my top 20 list, like no problem, you know, for the year. This year, I was looking back on 2020 and I was like, man, I, I really can't put together like a top 20 list. There's like so many bands that I like that have put out, you know, really great stuff. And, and I hate to, I don't know, there's, I don't want to exclude people or anything like that, but like, it's, it's been like definitely a shift. It's like bands that I know and like friends that I have that have put out stuff. It's not like some big names, you know, there've been a couple for sure, but yeah. Yeah. It was definitely hard to put together a top 10. (laughs) It wasn't a lot to choose from, you know, at least stuff that I follow and stuff that I like, like a couple of my favorite bands put out records this year, you know, which was, I mean, you got, yeah, like, I mean, the, the, the biggest names that would have been on, like Brian Fallon, Lawrence Arms, you know, other than that, I, and there's, you know, 
the Machine Gun Kelly thing, which ah, honestly, I, I yeah, no, yeah, same. Like that was what 2020 needs, like some big name shifting what they do to like something that's more, uh, I, I don't know, the appeal that it's going to have is not his normal crowd. And it's going to get, you know, shit on, of course, because oh, it's, it's old got shit on, but punk it, rock. But, you know, yeah. but at the but same time, old head punkers that shit people on. are eating it up. Um, people, it's oh, shit it. on, <laughs> but it's but it's, people are eating it up. They're enjoying it too, so they're shitting on it while they're liking it. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, that's I've that never even are. heard his. I've never even heard his rap songs, but I've Me listened either. to that new Blink One Eighty Two sounding album, start to finish, probably twenty times. Like, couldn't even tell you one of his rap songs. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I feel the same. Um, but, you know, he's a fucking genius. Because I think that yeah. whole thing that he did with Eminem was planned from the get-go. Because I don't think he ever wanted to be a rapper. He just kind of got stuck in that, that genre. And he was like, how can I get out? Oh, let me go ahead and pick beef with the biggest bully on the yard. And then he did that. <laughs> and then, you know, and then he got his name in people's mouths. And then he comes out with his pop punk album. And now people are listening to him like ever before. You know, I mean, that was something that we needed this year. But then at the same time, about a month ago, um, Miley Cyrus did that um, that uh, um, charity concert for uh, that fucking venue in California. I can't think of what it's called. Um, but she did a cover of the Cranberry Zombie. And like, I heard that. Oh, my God. That chick was made for fucking rock. Like she needs to come over to this the dark side. I mean, holy shit. Um, well, I mean, I, she's making a. She rock just record, put a new right? album out. Well, she's the, it, it, it's out. So the album that she's there's, there's a song she's dropping. Billy Idol. Yeah, well, she dropped that album and it's supposed to sound very. I haven't heard listened to it yet, but it's supposed to sound very you know Joan Jetty. Um, and then she's also in the process right now. I found this out of working on a Metallica covers album. Yeah, that's I've heard that too. Yep. I, I've heard a couple of the songs off of her new album and they're pretty good and they're kind of rocking. So it's like, I'm all about these pop artists and these rap artists going rock because rock and roll has been dying for years. Let's get real. It has, it has been dying, but it hasn't been a, for a lack of artistry, you know, over the last 10, oh, no. No. yeah. So I mean, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, some of the best bands that I've ever heard have come out you know, come out. It's the fucking fan base. It's the people, you know, because they are so inundated with what the music industry, what BMI or Sony or all the other cap, you know, Capitol records and all these other people are just telling them to do. Listen to this. This is what you must buy. And they eat it up. But yet the moment, you know, anyone tries to do anything different, it's like, Oh no, we can't. This person's over here saying we should listen to this and listen to this only. Um, but yet then you have people like, you know, all these other artists that are coming out saying, I'm a metal guy. I love rock. I love metal. And, but then, but they play that other type of music. So their fans like, well, just because they listen to it doesn't mean I have to, too. Well, he's obviously promoting it. Let's do something about that. You know, whenever you listen to a freaking interview with Post Malone and his freaking, you know, uh, freaking tour bus, he's had Megadeth blaring or Anthrax blaring. And you can barely hear what he's saying because he's got fucking metal going on. So, his fans, hey, take a take a 
cue on what's going on there. I mean, his fans are so fucking clueless, they didn't even know who fucking Ozzy Osbourne was last year when he released that damn song. <laughs> like, who's this old guy he's singing with? <laughs> Post Malone just made Ozzy Osbourne famous. No, I'm sorry, he was he was that way before. <laughs> yeah. <him>. Woof. <laughs> but I mean, the rock scene, yeah, you're right, it has been dying. But the moment you, again, this is another thing that Europe gets right, you go across the pond, it's their lifeblood. I mean, so many good... Oh, they love you know, it over there. They love it over there. You know, what they have at Download Fest in England or Rock Am Ring in Germany or the other ones that they have in, like, in Russia and shit like that, you know, fitting 200,000 people in a, in a freaking, you know, that small of a space or that big of a space, we can't get that done here. I mean, even our biggest one, you know, Coachella doesn't even bring out that many people. And that's not even a rock fest. But I'm just saying, it's like, you know, even go to Sonic Temple or the old Rock on the Range, whatever you want to call it, which is the biggest one as far as rock goes, maybe 50,000, 60,000 people. But you jump, you jump across the pound, 150,000, 200,000 people, easy. They're coming across across the world to for three or four days and just don't care. Yeah. It, it, it just boggles yeah, my mind. They definitely have a better appreciation over there, for rock at least. They do, and I just I don't get I don't get why I don't get why we can't get on that same bandwagon. Uh, we're spoiled, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it makes no like, sense to me. <laughs> I, I think I, there's been a tendency, like, to like, I don't know, things become like niche, and then they become like extreme. And it loses people and and you have to be a part of like an exclusive kind of thing to get it almost and that like when you when you reach that point where you know oh this is you know you're too pedestrian to listen to this band or whatever it's just it's just off-putting and that's another good thing about like big names putting things out there is like you know normies or whatever like are going to start listening to rock again and maybe going to shows again whereas you know in, in america that's a big thing it's like we're a very cultural place you know but in europe maybe maybe it's a little different where it's just like oh this sounds good to me i like it whereas here it's like oh can i like this will my peers like be okay with this you know it seems like there's a lot of peer pressure in music and like that's why bands kind of just like do things that get more and more progressive but also lose more and more people or something i i, I don't know but that's just you know just like music again let's make music great again <laughs> you know? yeah 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 Tonight's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an app that allows you to, anywhere in the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, text your therapist, anything that you need. They're there for you. BetterHelp takes out the middleman of having to find a therapist or a counselor that fits your needs. Instead of having to go onto your insurance website and search through countless pages of you know people in your area that take your insurance and are accepting patients and then have to wait weeks upon weeks to finally get into that therapist only to find out that they don't fit your needs and then have to go through that whole cycle again. BetterHelp stops that. You fill out a little survey and they hook you up with a, a therapist that fits your needs pretty quickly. And then you immediately start talking to that person through text and through video chat. And it's all in the palm of your hands. There's no reason to ever have to search for therapist outside of BetterHelp ever again. So do yourself a favor and go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash SIPod. Again, that's SIPod 
for 10% off your first month. BetterHelp is there for you whenever you need them. And they're there for you during your worst and weakest times. And they'll make sure that you get out of that funk and get you back to where you need to be. So again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash SIPod for 10% off your first month. BetterHelp, it's the best thing out there. Make make music great again. Um, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I think where we kind of falter as well, and I think some of the major rock bands out there need to take a page out of the uh, like the rap and R&B playbook is that, you know, if, if I'm a major rapper, right, it's, you know, let's call, you know, call me, you know, two dick chains. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I'm signed to a major label, I have this major fucking crew with me all the time and they might rap. They might not. But you know what? If they rap, I'm going to do everything. I'm gonna, we're going to go ahead and just I'm going to invite them on the stage. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They're going to open for me and I'm going to push them and I'm going to make an album for them and blah, blah, blah. They do that on the rock side. You don't hear about that very often. The last time I remember hearing about it was um, with uh, Zoltan from fucking Five Finger Death Punch with Bad Wolves. But other than that, I mean, I don't see it happening as often as I should. And I think that's one of our biggest problems is when they, when they make it big, you know, when was the last time Avenged Sevenfold pushed a younger band? When was the last time Metallica yeah. pushed a younger band? When was the last time they Megadeth? don't do exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And I don't, it's not, it's not necessarily the bands. That's definitely a music industry thing. That's, that's your booking agents and all that stuff. They're in control that I'm sure, you know, a band like the size of Metallica doesn't even know who's going to be going out on tour with them, you know? Yeah. Like that's all decided by your booking agents and stuff. Correct. Yeah. Like you would think, oh, you know, I, I, I've got these couple buddies in this band that just broke, you know, it'd be really cool if they took our band out on tour, you know? They can't even do that. That's just not their call. And that's that's not how it is with rap. They're like, this is my fucking boy. He's, he's coming. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but like, why why do they get that privilege and we don't, is my question. Because they don't give a fuck. Exactly. <laughs> I, think it's, I don't know. I think it starts from the, 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 the bottom level up, though. Like, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, rock, I don't know about, but like in the punk rock world, it's not a very supportive scene. Like, they're more ready to turn it back on down. You. Then, yeah, they're yeah. ready to like destroy their idols at the first like sign of anything. I mean, you know, oh, you sold out. Oh, your songs are slower. Oh, you know, you had just just so many different things they're ready to tear you down for. Is whereas rap is like, dude, you're you're making steps. Hell yeah, you know, yep. like they're so supportive. They're they're not ready to cut your throat. I mean, they want to push. They're like sharpening steel with steel. You know, they get better, get better. Like. Do our art in the best possible way. Yep. Don't worry about making a misstep and we're going to throw you out, you know, to the wolves, you know, and that's, that's not the way yeah. that they operate. Absolutely. I, I mean, I remember back in the nineties and um, you might, you guys might have heard this or maybe not, but Allison Chains did their MTV unplugged and Metallica showed up there. This was before they released load. It was in between black and load. And Jerry I remember Cant this. Yep. Jerry Cantrell wrote on his acoustic guitar, friends don't let friends cut their hair um, because they, that was kind of like their re-debut that, you know, whatever. And, and that's the kind of shit that you're talking about. I mean, they didn't even know what they were doing. All they saw was, you know, James Hetfield and, you know, Lars, everybody with short hair. And they're like, oh, fuck this. They now they're changing who they are. Now, obviously, they did change who they were for load, but, but they jumped their shit automatically just because they cut their hair. Yeah. 
that's rock fans for you right there. Rock and punk rock will definitely the minute the minute your band if 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 you have like a fan base and that fan base likes your band, the minute you decide to do something different, you better hope they all love it because if they don't love it, they're just like, "No, oh, fuck you. I hate this band now." And then like they they just turn their back on you. And it's I've never understood that. I I've never understood that about people that are, you know, so supportive of their indie and diy punk scene you know they're like yeah you know but the minute you do something that they don't like they're just like or the minute your band starts doing well they're like you know and it's just it's insane like that's always blown my mind about about the rock and the punk rock music world it's just makes no sense to me it it doesn't make any sense to me either because you know one of the biggest critiques that i've always seen too and it goes back to what you were saying you know on this side of the music industry, you know, rock, there's 5,281 million, you know, fucking subgenres of this damn music. And everyone picks their little niches that they like. Oh, that's not death metal. That's metalcore. I won't listen to it. Or that's not this. I won't listen to it. It's, it's like they pick all these little, why can't it just be, you know, rock, punk, metal? Why we? Why do we have to have fifty fucking different genres in between there too? You know, I, I don't know. it's it's so like redonkulous. It, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And like these fans are so damn hard headed, they can't understand the difference between you know, oh well, they were metalcore, and now all of a sudden they're they're starting to drift towards you know more towards you know thrash. I, I can't listen to them anymore. It's like what, what does it matter? You know, and yeah. the the bands that are super eclectic, like Volbeat, who has everything from, you know, country sounding songs to, you know, hardcore metal songs, you know, can't, you know, have a have a niche. But then their fans don't branch out to other you know genres. It's like, oh, well, I just listen to Volbeat because they're really cool. But those other bands that sound like that, I don't listen to. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I like I like Volbeat. Uh, they actually have a cover of uh, uh Oh, what, what's uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket? They covered a Teenage Bottle Rocket song on one of their albums. Yes, they 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 took Teenage Bottle Rocket on tour. I read that and yes. I was like, huh. And then I listened to the song. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. That that seems like a big band throwing a small band a bone right there. Yeah, but then like at the same time, with with Slipknot last year. Um, speaking of Volbeat, so the 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 road tour that they did was Slipknot, Volbeat, Gojira, and Bohemoth. So it was like this weird, you know, it was, you know, you know, behemoth straight up death metal. And then Gojira is a weird type of, you know, hardcore metal. And then you got Volbeat and then you jumped into Slipknot. It was a weird, you know, combination, but I really liked it. And I really, you know, I, and Corey Taylor said he picked the bands out personally. So I, I you know, I, I try to believe what he says because he's, he's a god. But, um, you know, so I think that's kind of cool too. So there's some that are supporting each other, but there's only if they're as big as they are. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's for sure, which is unfortunate. <laughs> it is. It's really unfortunate. I, I would really love to see, you know, I, I just, I, I can't even, you know, it's, it just boggles my mind because there's so much good stuff out there. And if somebody would just latch on to one of them and just say, Hey, you know, I know you guys can make it. Let's do it. Um, they'll be great. Or I'm sick and tired of freaking, you know, metal magazines, you know, claiming that we got the next Metallica, you know, because that's like the death kiss, you know, like, Oh yeah. That's when, 
fans turn on Trivium. <laughs> like, I was just kidding. I was exactly what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm actually from the Orlando area originally. Well, I'm from Ohio, but I moved to Orlando when I was seven. So technically Florida's home. Um, and Matt and everybody all went to a um, high school that was my rival high school. So um, they went to Lake Brantley High School. And my ex-girlfriend was in the band with um, Matt and Travis, their original drummer. So when they first broke into, um, well, before that, they used to, you know, all over Orlando all the time. I watched them all the time. And then when they got signed by Roadrunner, um, I went on a, a, a tour with them and stuff like that, just, you know, just hanging out because I thought it was cool. So I went on, like, a, took a two-week vacation and just traveled with them and my, ex, uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time. My girlfriend at the time, my ex now. but um, And it was just so much cool. And then all of a sudden, as soon as Descendancy got released – you know, everyone, you know, Metal Hammer and all those other ones are sitting there saying, the next Metallica. And the fans started hating on them. And they've picked up steam again, thank God, because Matt is a freaking genius on that guitar and he sings so well. But, you know, and then that poor guy had what happened with him with his voice, was it three years ago, with um that, uh, that album that he only sung on and they shit all over that. So it's like, fans are so... F- Fickle. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, very fickle. But I think like going back to what we said just a minute ago, like with Volby, I didn't realize that Volby had taken uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket on, on tour because I, I don't know the exact timeline on this, but I know Teenage Bottle Rocket paid it forward if the timeline's correct here because they did an entire covers album of bands that had like great songs but had like less than 150 listeners on spotify or something or on youtube or whatever like just unknown bands with great songs and like it was called stealing the covers or something and just brought attention to all these tiny bands you know so it works its way down and you know that's that's what we need we need that i agree yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Then at the same time, you know, you know, going back to the fans, you know, if you're going to buy a ticket to go see four bands, go watch all four bands. Don't buy a ticket just for one band. Um, I remember last year I saw at um, there's a place here in uh, in uh, where is it? I don't know. Somewhere in Maryland. I can't remember. Um, but um, it was falling in reverse. Ice Nine Kills. New Year's Day and um, somebody else. I can't remember what it was. See, I'm, I'm falling into that same trap. But when I got there, I got there just what New Year's Day opened the whole thing up. And, you know, she's pretty, she's pretty cool. I mean, they're they're pretty decent band. But I got there, there's maybe 15, 20 people there. Um, and then mm-hmm. when whoever was on next, fuck, I feel so bad. Um, uh, was on next, started to fill up a little bit more, and then it packed out for Ice Nine Kills. And then as soon as Ronnie Radke rocked on fucking stage, you know, the, the Ice Nine Kills fans all left, and just I, I stayed back and watched, but it was just the females that stick, stuck around to watch Falling in Reverse. I was like, that sucks. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I get, I get it. Most dudes hate Ronnie Radke. He's a fucking prick. I get it. But at the same time, you know, that if you bought a ticket to go see all four bands, you know, stay for all four bands. Yeah, why not stay? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like being on a way smaller level. Like, 
I, I hope this, okay, I'm not trying to call people out. I hope this stops after quarantine and COVID and all this because one thing, like, you get a lot of people, like, when you're playing a show, a lot of your friends being like, hey, when do you guys go on? I just want to show up for your set. And it's like, ah, dude, if we're playing with these other that. bands, like, just just please come for everybody. Like, let's make it an evening, you know? Yeah. And it, it's it's on a much larger scale what you're talking about. But going back to the other thing, it's like all the females stayed to watch him. But I remember um, way back there was um, uh, the dude who ran Lookout Records knew to sign Green Day because it was all girls that wanted to watch them play. The dude to disappear, he's like, no, this is going to be my best move ever, sign Green Day. And that was, yeah, that made Lookout Records, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, maybe guys are just, there's there's something going on in our brain that's like, oh, tear this down, tear that down. Maybe we should start listening to the women again. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest with you, like, I'm a, I, so when you say start listening to the women again, the first thing I think of is women in rock, you know, because women in rock right now are leading the charge. Um, whether it's Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, whether it's Tatiana from Ginger or um, fucking um, Emily from uh, September Morning or Maria from uh, In This Moment. I mean, there's so many strong badass female the, the lead singer two lead singers from butcher babies i mean there's so many strong females in rock right now that are just leading the charge and i'm loving it absolutely loving it it's amazing to watch yeah it's awesome it's something i haven't sure. i've always wanted to see but i've never seen it before and i'm so glad it's happening now yeah yeah uh I think one of my one of my one of my favorite bands right now. Uh, I actually went to high school with a singer. Uh, they're called War on Women, and they fucking shred. Uh, like, and she gets up there and she's just a badass, you know. And it's like, hell yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like they rip like propaganda, you know. But like, there's just something so powerful about what they're doing. Like, I mean, I I love it. I love that that's happening going on. Yeah. Uh, again, you know the women in rock movement is huge and I'm loving it overall. I mean, I'm just absolutely loving it. I mean, my favorite right now has got to be, you know, Tatiana from ginger. I mean that, have you guys listened to ginger at all? I, I'm not familiar with, with them. So they're, they're from the Czech Republic. Um, however, they moved to LA a couple of years ago and um, I, I, I check them out. They're pretty fucking badass. They spell it with the J's. So it's J I N J E. ER. Um, and they're just sick. Like absolutely like this lady has no vocal training at all and probably has one of the best voices out there in rock today. I'm talking well, like I'll check them out. Yeah. I mean, she she rivals Lizzie Hale and Amy Lee of Evanescence. I mean, she, that's how good she is. It's all amazing. Right. Um Yeah, I, I... I would say you said she has no vocal training. Like, I think in a lot of times that's a plus. Like, you find your own voice, yep. you know, which that's like the personality in vocals means so much more than the ability in vocals, in yeah. my opinion. Like, yeah, some people are like technically, oh, yeah, they're so good at singing. That's that's awesome. Good for them. But having that personality or, or just being able to pronounce a word a certain way that hooks you, 
man, that means everything. This is what, like, Blink-182, man. Nobody's going to argue that those guys are amazing vocalists, but the way they're, like, you know, in that chorus of, uh, you know, like, a voice inside my head. It's Hello like, dude, there. everybody loves that. <laughs> it wins. Yeah. Same, <laughs> it's the same thing with Dexter from Offspring. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, he's yeah. got pipes. <laughs> he does, but, yeah, but he, he, he developed them over the years. When they first yeah. dropped, you know, Bad Habit and all that other stuff back in the early 90s, it was it was okay but then as as time went on i don't know if he was hiding his good singing voice or not those first couple records were eh, as far as his vocals go and all of a sudden it, it he just transformed into this fucking music machine so yeah I, he's I don't, hard he, he's hard to sing along to like it's hard oh, to sing some yeah. offspring <laughs> but i you know maybe going back to what we said a minute ago uh, once again it's like the first two albums the uh, self-titled ignition were meant for a punk rock crowd. They were, you know, and you don't oh, want to, yeah. you don't want to sound, you know, lame. You want to sing like the punk rock people sing. After that, it's just like, ah, fuck it, I'll sing like I want to sing, you know. And that's when it became great. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen them twice in concert, and they're just amazing. Oh, amazing! One of my favorites I've of all seen time. Them once I saw them one time, like at a, a Warp tour, maybe like two thousand two or so something like that and uh i, I really didn't care you know that, that they were playing like i was kind of over them like i liked them in middle school you know but uh i just happened to go i was like eh, i'll go watch them play and i was blown away i'm like oh yeah this is the offspring like they're one of the biggest rock bands of all time you know yeah. like of course they're gonna be good and they were they were one of the best live bands i'd ever seen and i'm like i'm really glad that i wasn't too pretentious to not watch, you know, because I would have felt like an idiot. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you know, as far as like, that's definitely a, for a lot of people, I would say um, they're on the bucket list of, you know, for tour bands, you know, to see live. Um, there's only one bucket list that I can think of off the top of my head that I have not seen yet. And I've got to see them. And that's Foo Fighters. Seen them twice. They're great. <sighs> see, Love that's, that's bucket list for me. I've, I want to see Foo Fighters. So I've tried so many different times. I'll always get, you know, to Ticketmaster, you know, a day late and they're sold out or whatever the case might be. And I've never had a chance to see them, but I've, I need to see them. Nick, that no, is. I, I'm with you, Derek. I'm, I'm zero, you know, and I would love to. Yeah, I, totally. I, I saw them in 99 with Red Hot Chili Peppers. So that would have been the Californication tour. Yep. And uh, I saw, yeah, Foo Fighters opened. At, at, at an amphitheater in Nashville and I went to it and uh, Peter Frampton got on stage with Foo Fighters and they covered Show Me The Way. Oh, wow. And that was awesome. <laughs> Peter Peter Frampton lived, lived in Franklin, Tennessee. It was like 15 miles from Nashville. Yeah. And so he was there at the show, got on stage and they, they covered that with him. It was amazing. And uh, so that was the first time I saw Foo Fighters and I saw him again in maybe 03 when the... Uh, uh, one by one album came out mm -hmm. and that was a killer bill. Like the opening band was cave in and like, okay, cave in. And then, uh, 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 what's, what's Tim Armstrong and, 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 uh, uh, Travis Barker's transplants. Project. Transplants. Yeah. Transplants. yeah. Cave in, cave in transplants and food fighters. And it was awesome. Like, that like they're they're an incredible incredible band to see live like i would definitely i can't imagine going to see them now because you got to pay like a few hundred dollars for a ticket 
I managed to be able to see him. The ticket was like 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here where I'm at, because um, Dave Grohl's from this area um, in Virginia where I'm at. So, you know, I would love to see him in front of the whole hometown crowd and just, you know, just go ape shit. Sick. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that that's on my bucket list. I only have a handful of bands that I have not seen yet that are on my bucket list. And I know that I'll add more to it. But um, right now, it's number one is Foo Fighters. Number two is Lamb of God. I had not had right a chance to see them yet either. Number, I'd say my number one band that I, that's one of my top five all-time favorite bands that I've never seen is Deftones. I've still never seen Deftones. I've seen them once. And uh, uh, oh, I, I, I've had an opportunity and I just didn't, didn't do it. And I hate myself for it, but I, I want to see Deftones. And uh, I've never seen Hum. And I love Hum. Like, those are two of my favorite bands. Both put out records this year. Also, the best two albums of the year. I'd say the Deftones new album is the best album of the year, and the new home album, the second best album of the year. And those are two bands that are my favorite bands I've never seen. <laughs> so those are those are my bucket list. The one time right I saw there. Deftones, um, they did a cover of um, "Say It Ain't So" by Weezer. And I've wow. seen YouTube videos. <laughs> I thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing I ever saw in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> Chris, who's your new bucket list? I, I was actually, I, I, my brain was turning, you know, circles trying to figure this out. <laughs> I can see you do it. Uh, I can see you thinking. <laughs> all I could, yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing big time. Um, you know, I, God, I, it's, it's really hard to say. All my bucket list bands don't exist. And I, all I keep thinking, I keep going back to when one of my best friends saw the Ramones and he was like, he invited me to go. It was like a Lollapalooza. And I was like, I don't want to go to Lollapalooza. And then the Ramones played and he saw them and I didn't. And, and that just, that sucked. Um, as far as bucket list bands right now, I would say, I, I can't say. I don't, I don't have a bucket list, man. I'm never going to die. There's got to be somebody. <laughs> There's got to be one. Come on. I don't care. There's nobody I care to see. Come on, Chris. No, no, I man. care. I like, there's so many bands I really would love to see. Like, but they're like, I don't know. I really want to see that band uh, Chins from France. They're like uh, power violence kind of stuff, but like they're doing it in an insane way that I've never heard it done before. And I'm just like, dude, I would love to see how this translates to a live show, you know? Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen all my bucket list bands. I've seen Weird Al. <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> you know? Like that's honestly like for a long time, just, and, and Weird Al did the best thing ever, man. He covered, or he didn't cover, I'm sorry. He played Albuquerque in its entirety, like that 11 minute song about going to Albuquerque, New Mexico, the whole song. And it just like, I was just a smiling goon for the entire 11 minutes. Like it was great. So, you know. Your inner um, dork was just dancing. Oh, I, I was, yeah. <laughs> the inner and outer dork. Yeah. Inner outer dork. Yeah. Your, your, uh, um, your, your inner else, dweeb. If, if, like, I, all right, I got a bucket list band. But I, all right, so this is really bucket list because I don't think they'd ever play what I wanted them to play. But if Goo Goo Dolls did a show where they just played their songs from before 2000, uh, that would be yeah. my bucket list. That would be great because I just saw them and they did not play anything. I think the oldest thing they That's, played was was a name from a boy named Goo, but they didn't. I'd play. be happy. Yeah, they, they didn't Goo play anything with balance, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I, I agree with that as far as, like, them never playing that because I just watched them 
on on New Year, excuse me, on Thanksgiving Day on the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So when you know when they're <laughs> they're playing Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, you know that they're they're they've forgotten about their roots. They're yeah, yeah they're, and their their roots they're are not going to play Metal Long Blade Records, dude. They were on Metal yeah. Blade. Yeah, like that's yeah. Come on, I mean they I were can, the I only listen, pop punk band on Metal Blade, but. I, I literally listen to Superstar Car Wash or Boy Named Goo in, in, from start to finish at least once a month. One of those albums gets listened to by me once a month. I love those two records, man. Really? They oh, rock. Yeah, dude, I put on wrote, They wrote They wrote all the songs. They wrote the songs that the replacements wish they could have written Yeah. on those old records. I can see that. Yeah, that's... I said it. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. I mean it. I love yeah, the replacements. I was, I was the replacements never... have a lot of duds. Yeah, I was never a, a hardcore Goo Goo Dolls guy. Um, they were kind of like a guilty pleasure. Hardcore Goo Goo Dolls don't go together. That's true. Okay, so I was never. A, <laughs> yeah, very I was never really a Goo Goo Dolls fan. Period. Um, there was a couple songs that I liked, you know, but I, I was. They were always like a guilty pleasure type band because I was. I've always been that hard rock metal guy. Um, but then, yeah. but then I, I, you know, my other guilty pleasure band is like Paramore, you know. Um, mm. Paramore's, hey. Paramore's good. Yeah, I. I hey, another another Tennessee band right there. Yep. Tennessee represent. Yeah, I could watch Haley Williams sing all day long. <laughs> that is a I like fine Paramore, woman. Like, after the cool Paramore, like when Paramore went pop, I think those are some of the best like pop rock songs I've ever heard. Oh yeah, that like Butterfly song or something. Sick. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good song. Um, yeah, some of their yeah their pop punk stuff was really really fun. I loved it. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, they were great. Um, you know, still are, but I think it's more, she does more, you know, solo stuff now, but, um, I, I do miss Paramore. They were, they were definitely a guilty pleasure band. Cause again, I could watch she Haley Williams. Guilty? No, I could watch Haley Williams perform all day long. That was, that is a fine woman right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah, the only other um bucket list band i would say would be rage okay rage. yeah that's i saw rage Did you... oh. i saw rage in high school oh, son of a bitch <laughs> oh man so you've beat you've it got was... two of my bucket lists you've seen god damn dude, it <laughs> dude i saw i saw rage in 99 with the op the opening band was a surprise guest right so it was it was rage and gangstar the hip-hop hip-hop group yeah that was listed listed on the bill with special guest and the special guest was fucking anti-flag nice. awesome. it was so so awesome like we had no idea i was with like probably like 10 buddies and we all just had like nosebleed seats in this this uh huge arena in in nashville we were all the way at the top like and just sitting there and all of a sudden anti-flag came out and like we're just like what what <laughs> it was awesome dude Rage talk about incredible throwing that bone man like we were saying earlier dude yeah. that is massive and then uh like tom morello produced anti-flags yeah. yeah that was definitely yeah. that was definitely that's a definite example of a big band throwing a smaller band a bone because at that point in time anti-flag was definitely you know i had seen them a year before that in nashville and there were maybe 40 people at that show so to throw a band of that size yeah. on an arena tour with the big one of the biggest bands in the world at the time, that that that's a that's a nice move by a band to do that. Oh like, yeah, I guarantee you, 
I guarantee you they handpicked anti-flag because of what they stood for and you know all their, their the politics and all the all, you know just everything they everything they stood for. I guarantee they were like that band right there. We're taking that band. Yeah. And that's kind of like what like I was saying, mentioning earlier with uh, Zoltan from Five Finger and Bad Wolves. I mean, uh, I saw them. It was uh, who was it? It was nothing more. Bad Wolves, Five Finger, and um, and Breaking Benjamin. So that was that was a pretty interesting concert right there. That was all over the place. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah, um, and Breaking Benjamin blew Five Finger out of the water, but they did. They did. <laughs> They did such a good job. They, at one point, I've never seen anything like this before, so I got to give Ben and the crew a whole fucking, you know, bow down on this. For like 20 minutes of their set, all they did was covers, and each person in the band took turns singing the song. It was a song that they personally chose. So, you know, and all of them got to sing one song, (laughs) and Ben would just kind of fade into the background and not really care. And it was, you know, he, Ben chose Smells Like Teen Spirit, and then they did a couple other ones, and it was really fucking cool. So I give, I give that a bunch of credit to where they did something like that. But, but again, back to the, oh, that's, that's a really cool idea right yeah. there. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, but like I said, but, you know, what, with what Zoltan does is for Bad Wolves, is like I said, and the same thing that Tom Morello did for them was, you know, it, again, it's not something that you see all the time, you know, and, no. you know, but then it, it's just one of those things that just, I, I wish it happened more because there were, there's so many good bands that just deserve some better press. And, you know, I had the, opp- and you know, that's why, you know, I had the opportunity to bring on some nationally signed acts because you know, I've, I've had a bunch of different people on this, the show for tomorrow's show. But I said, no, I'm doing only indie acts um, for that sole purpose. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hey. Yeah. 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 When I first this- had the idea, I reached out to, all the guys that I've talked to so far from, you know, from uh, Earshot Media. And uh, I reached out directly to Mike and I said, hey, I talked to these guys. They're all good. But anybody else that you can get on, let's do it. And he, he grabbed onto it like fucking white on rice and made it happen. So it's, it's uh, awesome. I, I'm really, really, really happy with what's got, what's going to happen this tomorrow. So, yeah, um, I'm excited to sit down and watch it tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, I, if I have it planned out correctly, you guys are closing out the show. Oh, oh. we hey. headlining it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, headlining. Hey, headlining. Yeah, you Love guys. Um, so in the last hour, I have a comedian by the name of Phil Johnson, and then you guys are right after him, and you guys close out the show. Cool, cool. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to watch that because I have no plans tomorrow specifically to be able to do that. So, so yeah, I'm that excited. should be somewhere around. Uh, you guys are an hour behind me, so 10.30 to your, your time tomorrow. 10.30, cool. okay, cool. Perfect. That's you guys will be <laughs> that's, on. That's perfect. But, yeah, um, uh, we, like, uh, we had some, <laughs> just to talk about that process a little bit, <laughs> like, uh, it, we, had some, we, <laughs> we, we had some great ideas. Like, we, we came over to my basement where I'm actually at right now and, like, um, plugged everything into this Fostex, like, multi-track recorder thing and like mic'd everything and all this and then like we did the first take which was like so solid it was like yeah we had multiple we had multiple angles too we had all of our phones set in multiple angles and with all intensive all intent to take it all and i was going to edit it all and make it look really good right 
Continue, Chris. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah. So that was the plan. And the plan. every single phone cut off after like two minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. And it was like, why? So we all cleared up all this room on our phones. We're like, all right, delete this, delete that. Our phones are full. Oh, also we turned on airplane mode. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. But eventually we get to a point, it's like the, the, the third or fourth time we're doing this. And I'm just like, all right, my phone's working. Let's just hook it up there and record this whole goddamn thing. And it's like yeah. the, the, you know. And one of, we were having problems with uh, some of the mics, like one of the condenser mics just wasn't picking you, your guitar up at all. So our Oh, no, not at all. Got, yeah, so like the whole like, <laughs> thing, we're just like, nope, that's gone. So what you're hearing <laughs> is literally just, if you were a phone in the corner of the room, that's what you're going to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounded we, good. I mean, I, I like we, that I've listened we, to it, so. We tried our our original intent was to make it look even look and sound better than it than it is. But after three or four failed attempts and, and nothing working properly, we literally like, well, fuck it. We're just gonna put Chris's phone here and do it. And and we did. We were I think we actually said something on there. We're like, if this phone shuts off again, we're done. Yeah, like, we're done. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, we were like, this is the last like, time we're trying it. It was so frustrating. What? We're doing it for the tots. Yeah. So, yep. We 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 pulled through for the tots. Well, again, <laughs> we pulled through, man. It's you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I I truly truly appreciate it. Um, you guys are badass, and I truly appreciate you guys coming on tonight to help promote the show and uh, you know to promote you know you guys' new album in February. And I'd love to have you back uh, closer to February when it drops too. So let's uh, let's yeah. arrange for that. Oh, absolutely. You guys are well, yeah, said, you guys are amazing, and I truly appreciate what you guys did for uh, for me to for tomorrow. Well, thank you. Thanks for hey. having us, Derek. Hey, not a yeah. problem, guys. You guys, um, like I said, you guys are awesome. Uh, good luck with the single release next week, and um, hopefully we'll talk again soon. All right. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. You have a good one now. I'll talk to you soon. All you right. Too, cheers. Later. Later. All right, guys, and that's it. That's our Thursday. Tomorrow night, come back here, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West, for the Toys for Tots charity concert. Featuring these guys that were just on. But again, we'll see you tomorrow. Stay happy. Stay healthy. And as always, stay fucking heavy. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.